Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. So welcome back, everyone. We'd like to thank you again for joining us on the Chronic Spoonful podcast. And today we have another special guest. Nicole and I are so excited for this one. Um, We really wanted to talk about disability for a while. And, you know, while Nicole has been very honest about being on disability, and we know a lot of people on disability, we wanted someone who had some expertise um, with disability. So we have Brad Thomas on today, who is a um, SSDI attorney uh, in Texas, and he's going to answer a lot of our questions today about disability. And um, when we're done, if you have further questions, you can message us. We will give you Brad's handle. You can follow him on TikTok and social media and uh, ask all the questions you want. But as a disclaimer, everybody needs to remember that this is not like, you know, just like Nicole and I remind you, we are not doctors. We are not giving medical advice. This is not the lawyer show giving you lawyer advice. This is just some general information about disability. And um, so, you know, take it that way. Don't come after us for anything. Uh, (laughs) We prefer to keep this nice and even keel, but we think it's really important that we all talk about disability and, and how you get it and what it you know, what, what is disability and all that type of stuff? Cause I think a lot of people are very confused about the process. So thank you, Brad, for coming on. Uh, so glad to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, and, and kind of why you got into this field. Oh man. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've been doing social security disability law, uh, for about 10 years. Um, uh, you know, I started a firm back in the day. Uh, I was doing primarily personal injury at the time and, and a good friend of mine, you know, reached out and uh, he was practicing social security disability. His firm needed some help, um, you know, covering hearings and whatnot. And so I kind of kind of got my toes wet um, and I liked it, you know, um, I like helping people. Uh, I, I like the practice area. I like doing the work. Um, so it's kind of just what my, my practice slowly started to gravitate towards, uh, over time. Um, and, you know, now I'm, uh, you know, helping a lot of people, you know, trying to create content on TikTok, um, that, you know, help people kind of better understand the process. Um, and I mean, I'm somewhat, you know, I I guess I get a, a pretty big response from, you know, I guess the disabled TikTok community for, you know, a, a desire for that knowledge and a gratitude that it's there. And so, um, you know, it just feels, feels great to be doing it at this point. Yeah. And, and I think doing that good for other people can sometimes be very addictive. <laughs> it can, it can, you know, I, I get uh, about an email a week, just, just 
you know, very heartfelt from a person that felt discouraged or confused about the process, you know, thanking me for, you know, uh, just, just making the TikToks about it. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I know a lot about disability and I kind of take for granted that, you know, not everybody, you know, has that same uh, uh, well of knowledge to draw from whenever they're, you know, you know, just getting into it. Yeah, it, and, and there's so much and it's so complicated that I think people do get discouraged and they kind of just give up. In it's very, that. very easy to get discouraged, uh, especially dealing with the SSA these days and, you know, uh, long hold times uh, whenever you call in, long waiting lines if you try to yep. go uh, in person. Um, and, and so, yeah, I completely understand that. Yeah. It, um, so tell us a little bit about uh, if someone is thinking about maybe I should be on disability, what are some of the first things they should do? <clears throat> All right. Um, so like my take on it is like, if you th think you should apply for disability, you should just go ahead and apply for disability. So, you know, there's no financial cost to applying for disability. Uh, you apply online and you just fill out their online form. And so, you know, there's, there's very little time commitment to get a case started. It takes about an hour. And where do you go to apply? You uh, Let's see. I think you just Google search uh, social security, disability, apply online. And yeah, you know, it's just the first link that uh, pops up. up. Okay. And if you scroll down a little bit, you know, they have some, you know, you know, drop downs and a little box that says apply for disability. If you click that, uh, it takes you to a website that you use to uh, apply online. Um, and so I, I should say that, you know, there's two different government programs for disability. There's SSDI and there's SSI. Um, you know, you can apply for SSDI online. Um, and as a, part, as a part of an SSDI online application, you can ask them to contact you to start an SSI application. There's also another website where you can uh, ask them to contact you to start an SSI application. Uh, you know, you let them give them your contact information, you know, over the internet. Um, but SSI applications are just so much harder to start. So what is what is the difference? For I was just going to say that yeah, if yeah. people don't know people what's don't the know, difference, what is the difference between the two? Okay, uh, SSDI is an insurance program you pay into by working. If you've worked for five of the last ten years, and that's you know a squishy you know rule of thumb, generally you know you would have eligibility to uh, apply for SSDI, um, uh, but you know. I guess there's there's terms and conditions <laughs> that can go with that. Always. <laughs> then SSI uh, is the needs-based program for low-income, low-asset individuals. If you have less than $2,000 in your bank account and you don't have income coming in, um, you know, you're, you're pretty safely going to qualify for uh, SSI. You know, if you have people, you know, giving you, you know, food, you know, gas, use of, a, use of a vehicle or a place to live, the SSA considers that to be in-kind income. Uh, so again, you know, terms and conditions apply, uh, but that, that's, you know, from a, a bird's eyes uh, perspective, the, the two different programs and, you know, how they work generally. 
Okay. okay. So someone goes, they, they apply. Um, what types of information would they need to apply for disability? What, what would qualify someone for disability? Okay. Uh, so, you know, those are two, two separate questions. They both have big answers. Uh, <laughs> what information would you need to have handy to apply for disability? Uh, the most important information is uh, the names and addresses of your medical care providers so that you can provide that to the SSA along with your application. I mean, you know, the, the SSA application has, they're, they're going to ask a lot of questions and a lot of those questions are going to be weird. Um, most of that stuff, you know, doesn't matter for most people's cases. You know, a lot of those questions are, you know, um, you know, fringe cases or, you know, fringe issues that come up in disability. Uh, the meat and butter of it is, you know, your medical care providers, you know, the hospitals that you've been treated at, whatever facilities, if you're, you're seeing a, a doctor that's, you know, not a part of a, a hospital, but has his own practice, you know, of course, his information. Um, but, you know, that gives the SSA the ability to order your medical records. And that's the, the primary thing that they're going to look at to decide, you know, whether or not you're disabled. Um, you know, if, you know, whether or not you'd be eligible for social security disability is if you have a medical condition <clears throat> that's going to last for at least one full calendar year that prevents you from working, um, you know, if you, you know, got a new diagnosis or, you know, you know, something popped up or you had an accident where, you know, an injury occurred and, you're not sure, you know, if you lose your job due to medical condition, go ahead and apply for social security disability, right? Um, you know, the whole process can take two years. And so I think it's a really good idea to just get, get, that, get that ball rolling. If you end up, you know, returning to work within a year or not needing disability, just pull your claim down. Um, you know, they're, they're very easy to do, no penalties for doing that. Um, you know, even if you hire an attorney, um, you know, all, all attorneys charge the same thing for social security disability, you know, which is no money up front. And if your, your case is lost, you don't owe them anything. Uh, and so, you know, if an attorney, you know, if you hire an attorney and, you know, you end up, you know, getting better, feeling better, just, just pull your claim down. You don't owe the attorney anything. And the attorney should know that whenever, you know, they first signed you up that, you know, that that was a possibility for your case. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, just in a nutshell, you know, there's just very, very low barriers to applying. And, uh, I think not enough people, you know, try, or they wait too long because of, you know, intimidation or yeah. overwhelmed with what they're dealing with. It's uh, very intimidating. Yeah. And you're already overwhelmed with your chronic illness. So now you get overwhelmed exactly. by exactly. having to fill all this stuff out. It's like, let's just pile on the trauma. I know, I know. <laughs> You know, there's only, only so many spoons in a day to go around. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, dealing with the SSA uh, requires a lot of spoons. Um, yes. Just making sure that, you know, they have uh, all the paperwork they need and they're not waiting on something for you, uh, from you, or, uh, you know, just, just touching base with them uh, to make sure your claims moving forward or you didn't, you know, miss a piece, piece of mail in the mail. Um, you know, my office tries to call the SSA on all of our cases every 60 days, just because, you know, 
any any one case could be just fine, but a significant number of cases will fall through the cracks if you're not following up on them. And so it's something that we just, you know, it, it's part of our best practices to make sure that we're providing a high level of service to all of our clients. Um, and that's just calling the SSA, waiting on hold and, you know, getting in touch with somebody. And, and it is one of the benefits of hiring an attorney and a practice to help you mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. that you're not, you're, it, it's not going to take up all your spoons to deal with this. You have a team helping you to deal with it. Exactly. And, and you know, it, it, it's, you know, knowing what's important and what's not important. Um, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of my clients will call me up and they'll be like, you know, Hey, I got this piece of mail from the SSA. They want documents from us. They said the deadline was today. You know, this is an emergency and I'm frightened. And it's just like, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, some of the deadlines are really important. Some of the deadlines uh, that the SSA uh, has are really just trying to motivate people to, you know, act promptly on their cases. Yeah. Um, and knowing the distinction can, um, you know, relieve a lot of stress if you, if you don't know. Uh, you know, Which is a nice yeah. thing for us because yeah. stress tends to trigger our illnesses even more. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, knowing oh that I don't need to be stressed about that, but this is coming, so I should be thinking yeah. about that before mm -hmm. it gets too stressful. I mm -hmm. can't imagine trying to get disability without an attorney. I know some people try to do it on their own, but oh my, the process was awful, Brad. It was awful with yeah, an attorney. Yeah. I can't imagine. Man, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, I get a, a significant number of uh, calls from people who have at least started the process, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, as an attorney, I'm always thankful for to uh, pick up a file <laughs> that's, you know, halfway complete. Um, but yeah, uh, and I mean, you know, it's it's hard to say that any individual case, you know, absolutely needs an attorney to get from start to finish. Uh, but, you know, just, just like what y'all are talking about, you know, a lot of people, um, if you truly need benefits, then dealing with, you know, all the confusion and the rigors and just the uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, not a lot, if you've never dealt with the SSA before, you get that first denial letter in the, in the mail and it's just like, well, I guess, I guess that's it. I right. guess, I guess I'm right. Or they're not going to give it to me. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Get to appeal. They're going to deny you again. You have to appeal again. If you don't know that, like, where do you find the gumption to uh, continue fighting? So uh, true. In the midst of you know everything else that you're going through. It's oh, yeah. true. I didn't know because my attorney told me, just so you know, you're going to be denied probably a couple of times, two or three yeah. times. And mm -hmm. I had no idea. But if she wouldn't have told me that, I would have been devastated when I got that first letter. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, absolutely. And then, you know, on the other side of that, you know, just setting realistic expectations insofar as, you know, SSA is not a perfectly fair system, mm -mm. right? Mm -mm. Um, a lot of people are, are going to get denied benefits that, that need it, especially uh, on their first application. Um, and, you know, by first application, I mean, you know, going in front of a judge, you know, the, the under 50 crowd are going to lose like one third. I mean, they're going to win like one third of the time. And so if I'm, you know, talking with somebody and it's just like, all right, you know, this is an individual, you know, in their thirties, uh, with primarily, you know, mental illness based symptoms, you know, they've had some hospitalizations, but their medical care hasn't been as consistent as you'd like to see, you know, they're dealing with homelessness, you know, those cases get denied 
very frequently. Um, and so, you know, just being able to express that up front where it's just like, hey, you know, you, you get through this and, you know, I'm, I'm glad to represent you, but I want to be real about, you know, what a likely result is here. And, you know, your, your odds aren't great. Um, it doesn't mean fine. not to try. It just means. Yeah. Yeah. Scared. This, yeah. This is, this might be a long haul, uh, you know, kind of a deal. Um, and, you know, through, through multiple applications, you know, if somebody's applied twice or even three times, I find that disability judges tend to, you know, I mean, there's different types of disability evidence, but multiple applications without job attempts uh, gets, gets granted, right? Um, uh, even if it was, uh, you know, hard to go through, you know, disability benefits, you know, after years of applying is better than no disability benefits. Yeah. Um, but that's tough. That's, that's very tough. And like, you know, the, just the human, uh, the human side of that and, uh, you know, what that individual has to go through in the meantime, yeah. um, you know, I don't truly know, but I talk to people about it a lot and it sounds terrible. Yeah. It, I mean, it it's, it's really hard if you can't, you can't work, but you can't, there's no money coming in and you're, you've got to figure out a way to support yourself, try to keep a roof over your head. And, and a lot of people aren't successful with that. Oh God. And, and you know, I mean, people come from a range of backgrounds and ha have a range of support systems in place. You know, some people have no support systems. Some mm -hmm. people are just truly alone out there. Um, and uh, I don't know, it causes me a lot of stress, um, you know, just as the attorney to try to protect them as best I can and to, you know, make the process go as smoothly and as quickly as possible. But still, you know, I mean, you know, the system isn't really serving them. Um, and it's, uh, it's not, it, it's just not really designed to. And I think people need to go in with that understanding that it is going to be hard. And the system is not designed to grant you disability. It's actually to weed out people who think they think don't need disability. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, quote unquote, cheat the system, even though that's such a small percentage. And it, it, you know, I mean, yeah. like, I, I I don't think that uh, social security disability fraud is like a real thing. I mean, you know, I even if you lightly screen your clients as a lawyer, you're talking to, you know, all people who desperately need benefits. Um, uh, and you know, it's it's just really hard. Um, you know, because. A, a lot of cases get denied. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know anybody that you know, works inside the SSA, but, you know, it certainly feels like, um, you know, their priority is not making sure everybody gets benefits that needs benefits. Mm -hmm. um, and it's tough. It's really tough. It's very yeah. tough. And I think, I think people need to, like, it's, it's hard because you hear, you know, certain people and shows and politicians screaming, oh, there's so much fraud. If someone is trying to get your money through SSA, number one, that is not the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> two, like, this is not the same as like unemployment fraud and, and other types of benefits, like, you know, SNAP benefits or something where it's kind of a little bit easier to in, impersonate someone's mm -hmm. identity and get the money. Yeah, there's so much that goes into SSA that it's people are who start that process are in need of help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I don't really see um, 
you know, uh, I, I mean, like there's might people that might, you know, kick the tires about getting disability. Like, is this right for me? Hey. And, you know, if I have to, you know, talk with these people, I'm just going to tell them no. And, you know, that's the end of it. Um, you, you don't really see people who are healthy and capable of working, you know, pursuing disability benefits as an option. And like the SSA, you know, you can't just send them your medical records and say, look through these, right? Mm -mm. You're going to order all of your medical records themselves from your medical care providers. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, it would, it would have to be this like level of fraud where, you know, your, your doctors and the hospitals that they work at and their medical records departments were all in on it. And for what disability pays, it's just like, what? I it's mean, so yeah. true. It's so like, true. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> Why don't you just try email scams or phone scams That's and pray right. on the elderly, um, yes. rather rather than this? Uh, I yeah, mean, it's a lot of work you'd have to do to try and scam that money. I know, I know, um, and so you know, like, yeah, I I've seen no evidence of uh, that in particular in my practice. Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, people will call me to kick the tires. Is disability right for me? You know, I'll tell them no. Um, but you know, straight up, you know, healthy working people collecting disability benefits. It's just like, uh, you know, not anybody that can, you know, at least work full time. Uh, and I no. think that that's the key to people being a little judgmental because they might be able to see someone being, you know, quote unquote, perfectly normal one day. And that's maybe how they see them when they see them periodically, but they don't yeah. know what's going on behind closed doors. They don't know that their brain fog is so bad that the mm -hmm. job they used to have as an accountant, they can't do anymore because their attention to detail is completely gone. Yeah, they yeah. Know that someone is just pushing through the pain to hang out with you for a couple hours. Exactly. Like it's, it's, there's so much we don't see. We don't know that someone over here might be smiling, but they're really suffering with severe depression. Yeah, yeah. And borderline suicidal. You just don't know these things about what's going on inside people. So I find that the judgment can be really harsh and unwarranted. And so. I mean, you know, oftentimes there's just like a lack of thought put behind it, you know, in my, on my TikTok channel, in the comments section, there's a lot of people that come and troll and they're just like, <laughs> I know I have an aunt and she seems fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, first of all, you don't know what that person's going through. Right. Uh, and then like, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand the social security administration's definitions of disability, yeah. like you know, different ways you can be disabled. You know, if you're going to miss uh, more than one day a month regularly due to, you know, your medical condition, whether that be a flare up, a multitude of doctor's visits, um, mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature, you know, if you're going to consistently miss work because of your condition, that's disabling. And, you know, if, if you can work 18 days a month, but, you know, you're going to miss two days a month for sure, employers aren't going to tolerate that. They and aren't. And, and so, you know, serial unemployment is disability. And the ability to get a job is a lot different than the ability to, you know, sustain a job over, say, like a six-month span. And if you're constantly getting fired and, you know, constantly, you know, under threat of, you know, losing you know, your apartment and constantly under you know, having to deal with, uh, you know, uh, you know, not having enough food um, to eat because you don't have steady employment. Um, that's disability. You know, another way 
uh, you know, commonly people get disabled if they're going to be off task in a work setting, uh, 15% or more of a work day. You know, if you can't work 15% of the day, you know, you're, you're, you're going to lose your job. Um, mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. certainly, you know, be pleasant to house guests. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can certainly, uh, you know, smile at Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, and, you know, uh, you know, be off task for 15% of the day. But doesn't mean you're going to going to be able to work. And for the over 50 crowd, um, you know, if you're over 50, you don't have any sedentary uh, past work, um, then, you know, if you can't stand for six hours in an eight hour workday, then, uh, you know, that's also disabling. And so, you know, just even if you could do a, a sedentary job um, and you're over 50, in a lot of circumstances, the SSA doesn't require you to go out and try that. Uh, you know, you're disabled. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they see, uh, have a family member with a bad knee issue that, you know, you know, meets social security's definition of disability. Um, you know, that person is disabled, uh, but, you know, they, they, they don't see that. They just see that, okay, he has some knee pain, but, you know, he could still do something. I guess it doesn't require you to do that because, you know, that's how the system's set up uh, and uh, it's just not required. But one of the other things that people don't understand about d disability, and, and Nicole found out this out a little late in her disability journey, <laughs> was that you can, for a lot of people with, with that are on disability, they can work part-time. Disability does allow a lot of people to make a certain amount of money, like they give you a threshold of what you can yeah. make each month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, uh, SSA says that so long as you're making less than 1300 a month, um, you can still uh, be on disability benefits and, you know, work that small amount, um, you know, just as, you know, my take is that if you're on disability, I would discourage you from working just because I see the SSA use even a small amount of work mm -hmm. as, you know, grounds to kick people off disability. And then, you know, you know, they, they made a little bit more money, but they're, then they're, they're short uh, a lot yeah. more. And it ended up not really being uh, a helpful thing for them. Um, I don't have hard data on, um, you know, how often that occurs, people that work. I just have a lot of anecdotal evidence of, you know, talking with people and dealing with people that, you know, they, they lost their disability. And now they have an overpayment claim and it's a nightmare for them. Um, yeah, I, and so I generally discourage people from working once they get disability benefits due to that. Uh, I wish there was hard data published on that. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, um, but you know that's just kind of where I'm at right now and my my take on it. Yeah, but it, it really sucks, Brad, because you know, like I work part time. I have for a couple years, but mm -hmm. you know, they do. They bother me constantly about yeah. something, and I'm mm -hmm. like, you don't give me enough to live on. So mm -hmm. if I want to pay yeah. all my bills, because my medical bills, you know, even though I have Medicare, the medical bills are piling up, I still have, you know, 20% of all my bills to pay, you know, and it's, it really is almost impossible. It's it, awful. It's, it's living life on the razor's edge. Yep. And, you know, you, you have to, uh, you know, work a little bit more and it can all be taken away from you. And you're kind of, it's kind of looming over you at all times. Um, and, you know, if you, if you lose your disability payments, then, you know, it, yeah. it's really, really hard. And yeah. uh, I, I strongly dislike how the system operates in that regard. I think it's uh, very cruel and unfair to people. Right. Because it's, it it's not necessarily that someone has a disabling condition 
to keep them from that that keeps them from doing anything. A lot of times, a disabling condition just means you can't do something all the time. Yeah. So you know, it's almost like it's almost like they want you to basically be bedridden and and like in a hospital bed with IVs hooked up to you at all times, and you can't move at all. Mm-hmm. That's the only mm-hmm. way you're going to get to keep your disability. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's that's just not the way life works at all. But I've seen people on disability have to downsize their homes, move back with their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's what happened to me. I lost my apartment. Renting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just uh, all that's very real. Um, and, you know, that's even after, you know, you start collecting uh, disability. You know, you've got to deal with, um, you know, first of all, making sure the SSA stays updated at your, with your address at all times. Because mm-hmm. um, if you miss mail from them, um, you know, all of a sudden your disability is gone. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, dealing with continuing disability reviews every three to seven years, yes. um, you know, just uh, frightening, frightening, frightening. Uh, I, you know, I've helped people um, from time to time on a pro bono basis that are having to, you know, go in front of a, a disability judge to defend their, their disability benefits. And, you know, it's, it's scary for them, you know, some, Really, every time that I've done it, you know, the SSA hasn't had all of their medical records in their file. And so, you know, they need help to, you know, make sure that their medical records completes. The judge gets a full uh, understanding of, uh, you know, what their medical situation is. Uh, Because it's not in the medical records. There's no talking a judge into believing what you're going through. Um, You know, you need, you got to have the medical records. And so, you know, I don't know that a lot of people you know, know to look into that to make sure that their medical files complete before they're going in front of a, uh, a continuing disability review hearing. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's hard and scary. And, 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 you know, that's all the judge has to work off of. So sure, you know, sure. in the court systems, when we would present sentencing recommendations, or we would present, you know, what we had as probation officers to the judge, the judge yeah. is working off of that information. They see, you know, dozens of cases a day. Yeah. So, for them, it's that they and and the legal system is an evidence-based system. It True. just is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's in you know, for people trying to defend their disability benefits, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lawyers are generally not interested in getting involved with those claims because because they're not, you know there's no mechanism to get paid on them really they're not as financially viable as you know situations where you know you're, you're helping someone apply and get on disability um and so it's just really hard yeah sure. which which makes sense i mean lawyers have to make a living too i mean again oh gosh <laughs> this the staff uh gets expensive just to do all the work to uh keep up with everything yeah oh, yeah sure i mean it, no one wants to work for free so yeah. I try to remind people of that when they're like, oh, they charge so much. I'm like, well, no one wants to work for free. And believe me, no social security disability attorney, you know, are, are living in multi-million dollar mansions anywhere. They're they're doing it because they care. I mean, it's it's not the same as some forms of law. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not as uh, profit driven as, you know, personal injury for sure. Um or, or, you know, you know, family law or, you know, some of those other, uh, uh, you know, where legal bills can, you know, you know, really, really accumulate. 
Um, but you know, um, you know, if you're going on disability, you know, certainly, you know, having to pay your attorney, uh, you know, that that's a lot of money from for where you're at at that particular point in time. Uh, and I understand that. I mean, and but that's something I think that we we you know don't talk about as much is that when you do hire an attorney, yes, they agree to to do your you know take your case for free, but you do have to pay them in the end, and sometimes that's going to come out of whatever settlement you get once they approve it. Yeah, yeah, the back pay, the back pay, back pay. So it's going to come out of that back pay for you. So you need to be prepared for that too Mm -hmm. when you do. But you know, I mean, like that's a better system than say cash up front. Yes, so. much. <laughs> yeah, because most people wouldn't be able to hire a disability no. attorney. They, you, you just can't. Not in the situation yeah, you're yeah. in. No, but I do think people need to mentally prepare themselves for that that cost. It's mm-hmm. just like you know, if if you're lucky enough to have a someone you owe money to or someplace you owe money to that's willing to say, yeah, we will wait until you get payment. Yeah, you have to go back and pay everything you've owed for X number of months. So I I think people need to think of it the same way. Um, You know, no one's working for free, so you will have to pay. Yeah. But again, yes, it's better to get the disability and have to pay out of that back pay than to have to try and find the money up front. And the flip side of that, if you lose, you don't owe your attorney anything. So you know, sometimes they are working for free. <laughs> That's very true. That's very yeah. true. Um, yeah. so that, that motivates your attorney to do a good job on your case. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, my firm, you know, I, I try to do everything that we can, everything that I can think of uh, uh, to help speed cases along and put them in, you know, the, the best shot they have to get, to get granted. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just. Are there things people can do to help you know, you as their attorney or help the case itself throughout the process? So the, the, the absolute biggest thing, and I'm glad you brought this up, is <clears throat> getting a statement from their doctors uh, regarding, uh, you know, what their limitations are. So, you know, due to HIPAA and, you know, doctors being busy, a doctor is not going to respond to my office, you know, contacting them being like, give me, give me information on this patient. Here's their HIPAA form. You know, nobody has time for that. Um, and you just never work. So what, what my clients have to do is, you know, I provide them with the paperwork and it's going to be a form that, uh, you know, describes their limitations in a way that's not commonly found in medical records, like, you know, how, how often are they going to miss work? How often are they going to be off task from work? Uh, how much can they lift? How much can they stand? How much can they sit? Um, you know, those sorts of things. And I have another form for, for mental limitations as well. You know, um, can this person interact with other people? Can they adjust to, you know, changes in the work setting? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And so that they can go and get that information from their doctors. Um, then we submit that to the SSA. You know, that's the number one thing that you can do to make your case stronger is to get a statement from your doctor, you know, stating that, you know, you are, in fact, disabled in, you know, whatever form and fashion that you are. Um, you know, cases that have that sort of evidence, I mean, you have to be in front of a, a, a very, very low grant rate judge uh, to get denied if you have a doctor that's willing to go to bat for you on uh, what your limitations are. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, did yeah. you have that when you went? When I went, did I have to go before a judge? No, 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 no. Did you, did you get that 
the notes from your doctor. Oh yeah. Before I, I talked to my doctor before I even talked to an attorney. I just said, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I'm a nurse and I need all my faculties to work. If I don't, I could kill somebody. So, and that was really interfering with my job. Even though at the time I was working in an office, I still, I still could not function. And there was no way I could ever, there's no way I could ever work five days a week. I I just couldn't do it. So, but it took two years, but I was, I'm very blessed because I had long-term disability. So they paid me until SSDI kicked in. Yeah. God, you know, uh, I wish more people had that. Um, It can be uh, uh, the biggest godsend for uh, disability applicants. Yes. Uh, breathe, Breathe a sigh of relief whenever a person tells me that they have those options. It's just like, thank, thank goodness. Um, and, and uh, but not everybody does, and it's that's kind of what's it makes it so difficult for people because it does. Yeah, if you have that long term disability, it can be a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's 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 like Nicole is in a very. I mean, nursing is is a difficult field, and and especially if you're like a floor nurse, you're on your feet all the time. When mm-hmm. you have disability, that changes. But yeah, you know how you do your job, how you live your life. It, it's sometimes very mental. It's not always physical. And it's, there's, there's different things your doctors can look at to mm-hmm. talk about it hindering work. Especially. For sure. For sure. And yeah, man, just uh, a lot of, a lot of um, retired nurses applying for, for social security disability after lifting the wrong patient. Um, oh, I believe that. Just mm-hmm. see that, see that a lot. Um, yeah. you know, yeah, my aunt, my aunt had to leave emergency medicine because of that. She, yeah. she's able to work. It wasn't, she didn't have to apply for disability. Um, but she had to go to a desk job. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. She was hurting herself trying to lift patients. No, it's, it's, it's really, really hard. Uh, my advice to all those nurses listening to the podcast is don't be a hero. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's so true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. It, yeah. I, and I wasn't a nurse, but I feel that. Yeah. Um, lifting event equipment for so many years and playing murder. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be Very hard. Let people help you. Yeah. You always that sign to hit yeah. you in the head when you can't keep it up that long to screw it into it's the bolt into those spot. <laughs> but needless to say, I've been hit in the head many times because I'm a murder. <laughs> it's not yeah. a good thing. So um, Brad, okay. out of curiosity, on average, does it is two years the average it takes to get, if you can get disability, is that about the average that you're seeing? Uh, yeah. So, you know, some people get granted at the initial level and, uh, you know, that can take, you know, six to nine months to get granted at the initial level. About 30% of applicants, according to SSA data, you know, get granted at the initial level. Um, <clears throat> and these are going to be, you know, the most severe cases and people over 55 they get okay. granted you know, at the initial level. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, I, for the most part, there's, you know, there's always exceptions. Um, and then you appeal after the initial level um, and uh, to the reconsideration level. And usually the SSA holds on the cases for about four to six months at the reconsideration level where about 10% of cases get granted. Um, usually people get granted at the reconsideration level if they've had like a new medical diagnosis or an intervening medical event between whenever they first applied for disability. Okay. Uh, And then when you get to the hearing level, you know, it's about six to nine months until you get in front of a disability judge. Uh, And then 
Um, you know, whenever you go in front of a disability judge, you know, the judge is going to take a month or two to make a decision after that. And then the SSA takes another month after that to, you know, get the payment started. Um, and so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, quite the long process. And then, you know, what, what can happen is they give in between after denials, you have two months to appeal. Um, and, uh, a lot of, you know, people representing themselves and bad lawyers offices will wait till that deadline is, you know, nearly up to appeal. And if you do that twice, that's added four months to your disability claim. And, uh, you know, it, it just really adds up over time. If you don't get the SSA, whenever the SSA asks for something, you need to get it to them quick, just because it, you know, it really starts to add up that time that it adds, you know, with them, them waiting for you to get them something with, uh, you know, the overall length of the, the claim. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's important to, yeah, stay on that stuff and keep it in a place where you can remember to do it. Just, just, just do it. Just knock yeah. it out. Just knock it out. <laughs> it's like I, I, we, we all deal with so much brain fog and forgetfulness mm -hmm. and we've got 20 things happening in our medical lives all at the same time. So, you know, once you set it aside, it's so easy to forget that it's there. Yeah. But getting it done right away is it's, it's the best advice for anybody. For sure. And like, there's not a whole lot that can like go wrong in a disability claim that can't be fixed later. Right. Like the forms don't need to be all completed correctly. I mean, you know, they do, but, you know, small, small mistakes just don't matter. The big thing is just making sure the SSA has all of your medical records. Uh, and if you're unsure of something, you know, very commonly at the end of forms, the SSA will have a, what else do we need to know? And you just add your, your caveats or your things that you weren't sure about in there, just so it's a part of the file. And, uh, you know, my best advice is just get it done as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, whenever you get to the hearing level, if there's like, you know, some crazy issue or, you know, you filled out something wrong, you're most likely going to get questioned about it at that time. And then, you know, it'll be a part of a conversation where you can ask for clarification if you're unsure of some things. You can, you know, wrinkle out or iron out a lot of wrinkles at the hearing level um, if there was a mistake made along the way. So, yeah, I think that takes a lot of pressure off of people to know that, like, don't you know, just skim over things and think, oh, I can fix it later. Try your best, but, you know. It doesn't need to be perfect. Exactly, exactly. And I think that sometimes we think it all has to be perfect and yeah. can get caught up in that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the SSA, generally speaking, you know, I, I've, I've levied a lot of criticisms of the SSA <laughs> so far. <laughs> they're, they're very chill to deal with. Um, <laughs> Uh, they're, they're, they're very understanding about things. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I've had people come to me and, you know, they've blown deadlines to appeal, which is, you know, the, the one major deadline that you generally need to stick with, you know, the SSA generally always allows for late appeals, unless it's just been months and months. Um, they have a real attitude of, we just want cases to proceed from start to finish, uh, and get decided on the merits and they don't want, you know, cases to get denied for, for tech, highly technical reasons, or, you know, because somebody was, you know, dealing with a medical crisis and they couldn't get something to something fast enough. That's generally not how they operate. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love most about the SSA. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not evil people. When I, even I, you know, levied the criticism that they're looking for how they can deny you. Mm -hmm. It, 
it, it it's not that kind of stuff but like the we have to remember that they have a limited budget yeah limited amount that they can dole out to people mm-hmm. they so they are doing their jobs, but it's not like they're sitting there going, I don't want to put anybody on disability and I'm going to deny every single person that comes through because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Most of the people working there actually do care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, you know, the the, the frontline workers that answer the phones are always real pleasant. Um, you know, some of them are, are more knowledgeable and helpful than others, but uh, they've always been nice. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's, it's, I guess, one of the nicer sides. Um, which uh, when you're under that much stress and you're dealing with everything it's good to oh have god line that's like uh, okay i i'm stressed I, out but you're helping to call me down thank you yeah uh you know i've never really you know pondered the plight of the the disability social security administration worker but you know they have to deal with a lot of people dealing with severe mental illness that you know mm-hmm. call frequently um, I know this because I have mentally ill clients that like to call me frequently too. Um, and they just need that level of reassurance. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure those frontline workers are, are, are doing that handholding as well. Yeah. All right. So we've basically hit about time. So Brett, is there anything else you'd like to share? Any good, big piece of advice that, you know, overarching piece of advice you'd, you'd want to share with everybody? Oh, gosh, I think we've hit the high notes. The biggest thing is to get a form from your doctor, uh, uh, appeal twice, um, appealing to the appeals council. So like, let's back up. We have the initial level, the reconsideration level and the hearing level that we've talked about. Uh, After that is the uh, appeals council. Um, The appeals council do not, first of all, you can't go to them and say what happened to me wasn't fair. I'm clearly disabled. Look at these facts. That's not what the appeals council is there for. They they fix uh, legal errors, uh, you know, issues issues of law. And so I do not advise appealing to the appeals council unless you have an attorney telling you it's a good idea. Um, and so that's important to know. Um, and then the other thing important to know is for SSDI applicants. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, I said you, you had to have worked five of the last 10 years. And that's because your eligibility for SSDI will expire over time. You have to be found disabled prior to what's called your date last insured, which is an arbitrary date in the future based on how much you've worked in the past. Um, It's another important reason to to apply as soon as possible uh, because you you can have, usually if you've had a consistent work history you, you can apply for disability and your date they last insured is going to be five years in the future, which means you get really three bites at the apple. Um, you know, if you, you know, drag your feet and try to get better and get discouraged about applying for disability benefits and a few years go by, then you only have, you know, maybe one bite at the apple to get social security disability benefits. And that's a lot scarier position to be in than having, you know, three opportunities to, uh, to get that done. And so, you know, I mean, that's another compelling reason to uh, apply quickly and promptly if you if you think there's a chance that you might be uh, out of work for at least a year. Okay. Right. Thank, well, you thank, so much, yes, thank you so Thanks much, Brad. Thanks for having me, guys. I've really enjoyed uh, talking with y'all today. Um, you know, thank you so much uh, to anybody out there listening. Um, you know, just, just Google search Brad Thomas disability. Hopefully I show up. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, or you can find me on TikTok and uh, get information from me there. And what's your TikTok handle, Brad? Uh, I think it's just at Brad Thomas Disability. I think that's what it is too. Okay. Yeah. But I encourage anyone who is on TikTok to follow him and to take a look because your advice is fantastic. Thank and the you. Way you present it is just, it, it's very easy for people to understand. Definitely. Um, and again, you know, we have the Facebook group, we have Instagram, we have TikTok for us. So you are welcome to ask us questions there. And Brad, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to talking to you maybe again sometime. I'd love that. Uh, I'd love to be a friend of the show. Uh, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks again. And uh, you'll have a great day. You yeah, too. Everybody thanks, have a great man. week. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.